Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Alistair. Pastor Alistair is the founder of Jesus Christ Ministry International Church with multiple branches in South Africa. He's an evangelist with an outreach ministry called Jesus Saviour of the World, bringing healing and deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Jesus Christ Ministry International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel to receive messages every week. Now let's listen to Pastor Alistair. chapter 8 verses 10. Amen. Amen. Uh, Mrs. Rowden, it's so nice to see you. <laughs> Mrs. Rowden, amen. Doesn't it sound nice? <laughs> Bless the Lord. <laughs> Bless you, Melissa. Amen. Are you verses 10? Has anybody called you Mrs. Rowden yet? They called you. Oh. How does it feel on you? How does it feel on you? Lovely. Amen. There's a song that is a song that says, Love is such a beautiful. Ah, you see, you act like you don't know these things. I know at home you're playing it softly. Softly, not too loud so the neighbors don't think you're saved. Amen. Just soft, just between you and your husband. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a good thing. Amen. Uh, but I want to introduce you to Ida as well, amen. Ida sings beautiful love music, amen. She sings beautiful love music. Hello, <laughs> is it me you're looking for? <laughs> she doesn't sing that, that version. She sings another version, amen, hallelujah. Are you there in verses 10? And Nehemiah said, go and, and enjoy, enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. For this is the day, this day is holy, sorry, to our Lord. Do not grieve. I want to point out to you those few verses, those few lines. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is what? Is your strength. I, I know most of the times, especially in the charismatic and the Pentecostal movement, we quote that scripture when it's time for laughing in the spirit, amen. Uh, so most of the, when, when you're trying to explain, <laughs> when you don't want to look too bad, <laughs> you don't want to look too bad to, to describe or to explain laughing in the spirit. <laughs> Can you put the gain? Can you sort the gain out, please? Uh, you use the joy of the Lord is my strength. So joy means, another word for joy is like laughter. You understand? So when people laugh in the spirit, they try and, and use that verse, right? But that verse is not talking about laughing in the spirit. Okay, you missed up something else, but let me just come there. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hopefully it doesn't do that. Okay, cool. So the scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when you look in the scriptures and you look in the Bible, I'm talking to you about how to be strong during the festive, right? So when you look in the scriptures and in the Bible, you will find out, Brother Charles, that the scripture has many, uh, many verses on us becoming strong, on us being strong in the Lord and be strong Christians and stuff. Now, 
And I think the reason why the scripture mentions us and tells us or commands us to be strong, and this verse is saying that the joy of the Lord must become our strength, amen? The joy of the Lord must be our strength, or the joy of the Lord is our strength. And one of the reasons why the scripture keeps on telling us to be strong, because there's always a possibility for you to be weak. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking to only strong people here today. There's always a possibility possibility for you to be weak. That's why we have been teaching you about backsliding. If any man thinks that he is standing, he must be careful because he can fall and stuff. Now, most of us put ourselves in situations or environments that cause us to be weak in our knees or cause us to fall. So I don't want to talk too much about the environment. However, though, when you look at the festival and you look at Christmas, it carries a spirit around it. Even though it is just like a normal day, but there's a spirit and a demonic power that is around this season and this time. And you'll find out the accidents, you'll find out people drowning, you'll find out people drinking, just that. People get pregnant during the... And then in January, we see them with babies, and you're like, hey, what happened? It was during the festive time. So when you talk about wickedness being practiced during this season, it's there. It's not like it's not practiced during any other time. But I mean, like, during this season, it seems like it's heightened or it's more visible than any other time that we have seen it. And maybe Christmas and Easter time as well. So there's a spirit around it. There is a spirit that is trying to attach itself to the body of Christ and to believers. Now, there are different kinds of Christians we have in the church. We have babies, and we have children, and we have matured Christians as well. You understand? But it seems like for the babies in the Lord, that the festive season seems like it's one of the most strongest, strongest, strongest influences to get you to turn back. Yes, and now when I say, when I say a baby in the Lord and stuff, it's somebody that's still feeding on milk, somebody that still needs other people to help them grow. Yes, if you need someone to, if you need people to help you grow and you can't grow by yourself, Charlie, it means that you're still a baby in the Lord. Oh, okay, you're not here. Or you're at home. Right, so if you still need people to help you grow, you aren't, you're unable to grow by yourself, it means that you're a baby. That's why Paul says that you should have been teaching the word, but now you are still having somebody to teach you. I would have came and give you some, some meat, but I see you still on milk. And babies are the ones that have milk. It's matured people, matured sons and daughters that eat meat. But babies are still eating milk. So during the festival, it seems like the enemy is attacking the babies in the Lord. That you find out that one by one, slowly by slowly, they keep on, they fall away, they fall away, they fall away, they fall away. And I don't know why, even, the, even when it came to backsliding and the series of backsliding, I believe that God did it intentionally intentionally and stuff because it's actually a season where people backslide yes it's a season where people backslide and i've been getting some reviews on on social media and stuff with regards to says this is something that the church needs to hear about that spirit of backsliding or the attitude of a backslider reason why is because god wants you to be strong god wants you to be firm God wants you to stand your ground. Even you coming to church tonight, 
you must look at your neighbor and say, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. You, you came to church tonight. Some of us, some people are on leave and on holiday. They're they busy getting the dogs up and drinking. But you came to church tonight. So it's a blessing. God sees it, amen. It means that something inside of you is saying, this season here, I shall not fall in Jesus' name. I will not fall. I will not turn away. I will not turn away. Amen. But I remember, how many of us noticed that many good Christians turn away during the festive time? Yeah, many good Christians turn away. Loving Christians turn away. It's because they don't know how to become strong in the Lord. Yes. Becoming strong in the Lord is one of the, one of the things that we hardly teach in the house of God. And some of us just think that becoming strong in the Lord, oh, if I pray, if I read my Bible and stuff, but do you know that the enemy attacks those areas of your life? If there's one area in your life that the enemy would attack is your prayer life, your reading of the word, and your fellowship. Yeah. Watch it, I tell you. It's the time you're supposed to come to church. You'll find out that all things will just happen in that time. Yes, the enemy wants to attack that time. When it's time for you to read the word of God, you'll find out that the messages will come onto your phone at that time. And it seems like a lot of activity is happening around that time. Or somebody will come to your house when you're supposed to read the word. The enemy attacks that. Or more worse, when you try and even enter into prayer. Sometimes sleep will attack you. Sometimes ah, some children will be making you know, something you will not get there. Those are the biggest areas in your life that the enemy will attack because he knows those are the areas in your life that make you a matured and a strong Christian. So if there's an area that you must fight hard, the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight to stay in prayer. Fight to stay in the word. Fight to stay in fellowship. And also fight to force. How many of us find fasting extremely difficult? Oh, Yes. Oh yes, it's extremely difficult. Now I'm not talking about starving yourself. I'm talking about fasting and prayer. Because the enemy can make you fast without prayer. Oh, oh yes, he can make you fast without prayer. And you feel like you did something really spiritual, but ah, you just, you just starved yourself for that day. Yeah. Even though it helps you, you know, it helps in a sense, but you like just starved yourself. That's why it's fasting and prayer because the prayer causes you to be sensitive and very discerning in that moment. So when you wake up, if you decided to fast, make sure you spend at least some time in prayer before you launch out in your day. Or while your day is going, speaking tongues, at least some kind of prayer just to add to your fasting. I'm, told, I'm telling you, I fasted without prayer. I feel no, because a fasting is not to get you a blessing, not to get you a house, not to get you a car, not to get you a job. It's to increase your spiritual sensitivity and to make you a strong Christian. So when you fast without that understanding and stuff, you will find out that ah, it, it's like, ah, you feel like nothing's happening. Yes. Yes. Even pray. Sometimes when you pray, it feels like nothing's happening. Hello? 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 Oh, yes. I prayed for, I prayed for what? Seven, eight hours straight. After seven, eight hours, I felt like I never gained anything in the spirit. I felt like I was going to use. Um, Father, I thank you, Lord. I bled. Exercise for eight hours, but I felt like there was no spiritual in my feeling. I'm talking about. I felt there was nothing spiritual added to my life. 
You, sometimes you feel like that when you come to church as well. You come to church, you come to the house of God, but it feels like there's nothing spiritually added to your life when you came to church. When you read the Bible, you read it, but you feel like there's nothing spiritually that is added to your life. You, the way you feel. But in the realms of the spirit, you were added some much, and you made a dent in the kingdom. You, you increase in a, extremely in speed spiritually. But on the onset, when you look at yourself, you're like, ah, what did I do? So the reason why you, you would feel like that, because the enemy doesn't want you to go back into prayer. So it'll make you feel like you're not praying. Sometimes you pray for hours. Hey, hey, what's this, man? It's like I'm, the heavens are not opening. I'm not seeing. Someone asked you, did you see in the seven hours that you prayed? I saw nothing. Seven hours praying. God showed me nothing. Seven hours, eight hours. Hey, What did the Lord say to you? Nothing. I don't know. Maybe it's only me. Is it only me? Have you ever prayed and God not spoken to you? I don't know about these spiritual people that always pray and God always speaks. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes he doesn't speak nothing. I'm talking about God speaking, not my feelings speaking. I'm talking about God speaking now because I can, my feelings can speak to me, but I'm not worried about my family. I'm worried about God speaking. You pray seven, eight hours and God never speak. Yo, 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 yo. It makes you not want to go pray seven hours again. Yes. Oh, January, we've been spiritual, I tell you. January is our year of being spiritual. Oh, we're going to pray like never before. We're going to fast like never before. We're going to read the word like never before. We're going to become spiritual people, amen. Yes, we're going to become spiritual people. So the enemy will attack those areas of your life. Because he knows, Shalem. In those areas of your life are affected, you are affected as well. So you want to fight it. That's why you must constantly fight the good fight of faith. So that you can remain strong, remain standing. Oh, because the Bible says there's an adversary, the enemy, who moves around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I don't know, maybe you, the, uh, Brother Leroy, maybe you, the one the enemy can devour. Is it, is it true? I heard that you, the one that the enemy can devour. Is it true? It's not true. Melissa, are you the one that the enemy, because I hear him saying he's seeking somebody he can, Samantha, is it you? Huh? Sister Sandra, is it you? Is it you? He can devour you. So he's looking for somebody. Colleen, is it you? Can he devour you? Absolutely not. Yes. So he's looking for somebody that he can devour. But you must say, minus me. It will not happen by me. It will not happen in my life. Minus me. Oh, because he's searching. He's searching. He's looking. He's looking for, to take somebody out during this time. And how many of us know when we fall? It's hard to come back. <laughs> it is hard to come back. You try, you try, you try, you try, you try, you try. But it's just like it seems like it's, it's hard. Amen. That's how the enemy makes you feel. He wants you to get into that place where you fall so that it can be difficult for you to come back. Amen. Hallelujah. Wendell, nice to see you. I've been asking about you. Amen. God bless you so much. Hallelujah. So the enemy wants you to fall. But we are commanded in the scripture to become strong in the Lord. Amen. Oh, you will not fall to drugs, I declare. I prophesy over your life. You will not, this, week, this, this Christmas, alcohol will not be in your house. 
I tell you now, if there's still beers in your house, empty beer bottles, go and outside, outside of the road or in the yard, ping, ling, ling, ping, ling, ling, ping, break it. Break them all. If there's whatever that used to worry you, whether magazines locked up somewhere or whatever, burned it this year, you will not fall in Jesus' name. This season, you will not fall. You will become a strong Christian. Amen. Strong Christians, wave your hand. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible commands us to become strong. So Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we must become strong in the Lord. Now, there's a word, and I think I've shared it with you before, and please don't forget, I'm talking about how to be strong during the festival time, right? So there's a word that we, we use, uh, that the people at sea use, uh, sailors and stuff. It talks about steadfast. The word is steadfast, right? So, steadfast, reason why they use the word steadfast, it means that they must be unmovable because when at sea or when at, at the ocean, sometimes there come storms and there comes winds and there's a whole lot of things that happen that can actually get you off course, right? Can get you off course. That can make you take, your, uh, take another direction instead of the destination that you have set for yourself. So they would shout out a word, and this word would be steadfast, meaning don't be moved, keep it steady. Do you know like on the steering wheel, sometimes you have to keep it steady so that you can be straight. So don't, don't move when, you, when, as, when you're learning how to drive and you start, have you ever seen a, a, a new driver turn the steering wheel? And the way they turn it and stuff. And sometimes you don't need to turn it like that. You just need just one, two, three, I think they say. Yeah? One, two, three shots. But the new learner turns it because, I don't know if it's power steering or whatever, right? So anyway, so you see that in that moment, you, all you just need to do is to hold it and be steady so that you can drive straight. So if you move a little bit, what you'll see is that you're going off cause. So when I was learning how to drive, they would always tell me to check my mirrors because to see where I am on the road. Because sometimes even though you are straight, sometimes you can easily go uh, on the, uh, to the left or to the right and stuff and you can hit the pavement without you knowing. So they say check the mirrors to see where you are. So every time I'm driving, I'm checking the mirrors, even though my hand is straight on the steering wheel, sometimes what can happen, you can just you can just go off course. I've seen many people drive and they go off course. They're like, whoa, we need to come back. Why? What needs to happen in that time? You need to be steadfast. Because if you're not steadfast in that moment, you can go off and you can go into somebody else's lane. Is you following what I'm trying to say? So the scripture uses the word here to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of God. So it means that if God has set a place for you to be or for you to go, don't move off course or off direction. Stay on the direction and the course that God has set for you. So if you are a believer, you are born again, you are saved, don't take your eyes off Jesus. Focus your eyes on Jesus because the moment you lose focus on him, you can go off course. The moment you are not steadfast in, in prayer, you are not steadfast in worship, you are not steadfast in fellowship, you are not steadfast in reading your word, you can go off course. 
I don't know if somebody's listening to what I'm saying, right? So you would find out that the many people that fall actually, or the people that fall into sin, you would find out that 100% of the time, it is that they went off course. Yeah. When I say went off course, what I'm talking about, they either stopped praying, stopped reading the word, and stopped fellowshipping. So they went off course. Because they want what? They want steadfast in what they were supposed to do. So in not being steadfast, you just slipped. So what somebody that falls, ask them the question, were you praying? Were you reading the word? And were you in fellowship and stuff? You would find that most, like maybe 98% of the time, they, they want they want maybe uh, yeah, 90%. Let me say 90%. Because I'm thinking of something that happened to me years ago and stuff. 90% of the time, you'll find out that they haven't been praying. But Satan is cunning. He'll come in your prayer time too. Yes. But most of the time, you'll find out that somebody that moves off course is somebody that hasn't been praying, hasn't been reading the word, and hasn't been seeking the face of God. So the scripture commands us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of God. Amen? Are you with me tonight? Amen. There's a couple of things that next year, I'm busy working on the booklet for our fasting and praying. Uh, it's going to be powerful, I tell you. Uh, I'm just seeking the Lord now. I've been seeking the Lord these past few days. Just on what the booklet should entail and what we should be seeking God for for 2023, amen. So I'm going to give it to you probably on the 31st, amen, of the watch night service. So it's going to be good, right? Uh, I believe that God is doing something amazing. Are you in verses 10? Ephesians 6 verses 10? If you dare say amen. If not, say wait for me. Okay, Ephesians 6 verses 10. I got a half an hour to teach this word, right? Okay, 25 minutes. Ephesians 6 verses saying, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. All right. So, and the verse, next part of it, and most of us know it, uh, and tells us the reason why we must be strong, right? Then it says, put on the whole armor of God and be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, blah, 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 right? So, not, let me not say blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's the word of God. I must say blah, 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 etc., etc., etc. So, when you look at the scripture, the scripture is commanding us, Sarah, to do what? To be strong in what? To be strong in the Lord. What is commanding us to be strong in? To be strong in the Lord. It's a possibility that most Christians are strong, but they are not strong in Christ. You understand what I'm saying? They're strong in business. You talk to them about business, they are extremely strong. But when it comes to the Lord, they are weak, they're not strong. Yes. Some Christians are strong in terms of relationships and marriages. You, you talk about relationship and marriages. They, I don't know if you, ever, what's these people? Ooh, I forgot their name, I forgot their name, I forgot their names. 
they they died at a very old age and they married until they were married like what an old age they married for 70 something years married i was like wow that is something to really admire 70 something years dying maybe a hundred and something but 70 something years married I looked at that and I said, wow, they developed a strong relationship and strong marriage. And you get people that are like that. They be strong in their relationship, strong in their marriage, strong in business, strong in soccer, strong in other areas of their lives. But there's one thing that they have not become strong in. There's one area that they become weak, not like the other areas. It's not something that you must be strong. It's okay, you can be strong. But the one area that you are commanded to be strong in, the one area that you are called to be strong in, you're not strong in that. Which is to be strong in the Lord. Oh, some of us were soccer. You can tell me the every single thing about soccer. The highest paid, this one, that one. Now with the story about Messi and hey, they call him, he's like a messiah. And all these things, they even saying he's the goat and greatest, what? Something of all time. Yeah. So you, you understand what I'm saying? They are strong in that. They are able to tell you everything about soccer. But when it comes to the Lord, they are not strong. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, we are commanded to be strong in Christ. Yes. Brother Charles is a mechanic. A, a strong mechanic. You come by your car, you can say, this is the reason for this, that, 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 that. But as much as he's a strong mechanic, he is also commanded to be strong in the Lord. As much as you are strong in your relationships and in your marriages, you are firstly commanded to be strong in the Lord. As much as you are strong in your career and in your business and in life, the first thing that you are commanded to be strong in is to be strong in God. Nothing else. He says, be strong in the Lord. That's why as a Christian, you must understand your purpose and your assignment. Failure to understand your purpose and your assignment, you will find out that you'll be moving to and fro. You'll become strong in other things, but the main area that you are supposed to be strong in, you fail. You see, the church is to be strong in evangelism. Because this is the reason why Jesus came, Christ came. He came to seek and save that which is lost. So the church's strength is actually in evangelism. It's not in prosperity, it's not in healing, it's not in all of this. The main strength of the church must be in evangelism. And if the church now has become strong in prosperity, the church has become strong now in healing, the church has become strong in many other avenues, but they have failed to become strong in the thing that God had commanded them to become strong in, is to be strong in evangelism. He says in Matthew chapter 28, I'm going Yes. He says, go, sorry, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And Acts chapter, eight, chapter 1, and he says that you will be witnesses. You will be commanded to be strong. Why? Because there's an adversary, the devil. He wants to attack you. He wants to send his thoughts your way. He wants to send his friends. Your, oh, I tell you, your friends, you know, 
I was just talking to somebody when your friends, unbelieving, ungodly, demonic, satanic, I mustn't say all those words about your friends, eh? but all those friends that influence you to do the wrong thing, slowly leave your life. You must rejoice in the Lord. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Yes, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I remember when I got saved. Hey, I tell you, my friends, I don't know what happened to them. They disappeared. They just like, no call, no SMS, no text. They just gone. No more coming to knock on the door, nothing. I was worried, like, why? It was the Lord throwing them away from me. So that he can command me to become strong in the Lord. Yes. When people see you, they look at you and they say, Ah, you are loyal. You are a good friend. You are hey, This friend here is a strong friend. I can rely, dependable, trustworthy. I can hold. This one here, I can tell him anything. He won't let me down. He's a good friend, true. But he's not strong in the Lord. So I will command according to the Bible in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 8. Is our command is to be strong in what? To be strong in the Lord. Look at somebody and say, be strong in the Lord. Because the opportunity, like I said earlier, the opportunity for you to be weak will always be there. It will always be there. Turn to Psalm chapter 24, verses number 7. Psalm 24, verses number 7. Psalm 24, verse 7. So, to become strong in the Lord, I want to give you a couple of points, is that you must develop a deeper relationship with God. A deeper relationship with God. Your Christian life must be deeper than what it already is. Look at somebody and say, there is more. So, if you are praying 10 minutes a day, you must go deeper. Who I was talking to, I don't remember who I was talking to, but we were talking about going deep. And we was, I was saying, they were saying, ah, if I must go deep, I'm scared because the deeper I go, the more attacks come. How many of us ever felt like that? I felt like that at a time in my life. Every time you go deep in God, it seems like all hell is breaking loose in your life. Like, hey, it looks like I just need to go to a certain place in God. I can't go deep in God. I must just touch a little bit to be on the safe side. Yes. That's what the enemy wants. It's like when you give God more, the more problems and the more challenges and the more issues happen in your life. When you give God more, you lose your job. When you give God more, you lose your relationships. When you give God more, the attacks of the enemy become greater. Haven't we ever experienced that in our lives? Amen. Yes. But now does that mean that we mustn't go deep? Oh no, we must go deep. Because you must understand that God is extremely deep. You serve a deep God. You serve a God that is spiritual. And in order for you to relate to him, you must relate to him on a spiritual level. Because he's very deep. So this shallowness that we have, we can't go to God like that. Yes, even when we choose leaders, we must choose people that are deep spiritually. Yes, people that can, that can handle when trials and oppositions and challenges come. 
not somebody when trials and challenges and opposition comes oh i'm done i'm finished i can't take it anymore i'm throwing in the towel lord help me please save me no you need to go what you need to go deeper are you in psalms Oh, I hope I'm speaking to some people here today. It feels it feels like you're eating uh, Christmas cake already, and your truffles and roasts. Amen. I was in town today. Hey, I walked. I tell you, ah, too much activity. People are busy, 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 busy. You go into a shop, you squeezing, you squeezing your way in there, and you squeezing your way in there. Ah, I tell you, it's something else. This time of the year. Hey, but we need to calm down during this time. Hallelujah. We need to honor and celebrate God for the birth of Jesus Christ. But we need to calm down during this time. Amen. I feel that most of the money spent is in this time. (laughs) I tell you, most of the money spent in your lifetime is during this time. Amen. It will be a wise person that doesn't spend money during this time. Yeah, very wise. If you're that person, I declare that wisdom over your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Then again, when you, if you have children, <laughs> you <laughs> you in trouble. You in trouble. You in trouble. You in trouble because your children got demands. They got. Mm, 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 mm. Naomi's already telling me the ice cream she wants for Christmas Day and the custard there and all that. I tell you, it's something else. Are you there, Psalm 32, verse 7? Hmm. Scripture says, Deep calls unto deep, at the noise of thy water sprouts, all the waves and thy billows are gone over me. What's calling deep is calling unto deep, right? So as a, to become a strong Christian, Psalms 42, 7. <coughs> so to become a strong Christian, you must be extremely deep. You must go deeper in the word. How many of us read a chapter a day like, as, uh, like you can say within yourself? You can say within yourself, it's the anointing. <laughs> you can say within yourself consistently, consistently, you read a chapter a day. Anybody can say consistently they read at least a chapter a day. At least a chapter a day. You don't, you don't, okay. You'll need to at least read like a, a chapter a day, at least a chapter a day. But one of the things that I do most of the time when I wake up, I wake up my, my tablet or my phone or the Bible must be near my side. Must be near my side. To akataya, And then I open up my word and I pray. All right? Even if it's for a short while, there must be some form of that before you start today. Amen. Very important. Okay. So if you have not done it, so today I'm calling you away to deeper places. Yes. Go deeper. Amen. Tell your neighbor, go deeper. One chapter a day. Yes. One chapter a day. 
Just read one chapter. Where do you read Psalms? Where do you read, you know, Jeremiah? Whatever. Just read a chapter a day. Why? Because what you're doing, you're telling yourself, I'm no more just going to be a, 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 a Christian on a Sunday or a Christian on a Thursday or a Christian during the week. I want to become a deeper Christian. You see, the, the only thing that separates most of us is that somebody is doing something that you are not doing. Okay, can I say that again? The only thing that separates us is that somebody is practicing something and doing something that you are not doing. Sometimes we think that people sometimes get opportunities and stuff because of favor. It got nothing to do with favor. It's that there's something that they are doing. They are accessing something that you are not accessing. Yes. Yes, I tell you something. And never ever be scared in your moments or in your season to be in a place of obscurity. Did I say that right? In a place where you are not seen, in a place where you are hidden. David was hidden for years. He was hidden killing bears when nobody saw him. He was hidden killing lions when nobody saw him. But he was preparing himself while he was hidden. Esther was hidden as well. But they were prepared. Who thought that uh, Esther would place, uh, replace Vashti? Who was a strong queen. And another took her place because of a rebellion as well. Who would have thought? But because of what God is doing behind the scenes. So you continue to pray. You continue to read the word. You continue to be the background. And watch how God sometimes will just bring you out. Continue to remain deep. Even though you know you got deep word. Even though you know you got deep revelation. Even though you see things in the spirit. Even though you know God is talking to you. Just continue to remain deep as you are. And watch how God will just bring all those things in the right moment. In the right time. He'll bring it out. And you're able to declare it. I tell you something. Don't be moved. Don't be worried about who recognizes you. Who doesn't know you. Who thinks that this, that, that, that. All those things are irrelevant. Amen. Build a strong relationship with God. Build a strong, meaningful relationship with God secretly, privately, and watch how God brings you out in the open. And when you're out in the open, we can only testify to one thing, is that because you have built a deep, meaningful, strong relationship with God privately. Yes. Because you find out that most people only have a relationship with God is because they might, might get opportunities to share. Or they might get opportunities to minister. So the reason why they develop reading and, and going into the word, it's only because they might share. But you not knowing whether you would share or not, you get down into prayer. You are preparing sermons. You're preparing the word. You're preparing yourself. Spiritually, you are growing. Spiritually, you are meditating. You would see what God will do in your life. I tell you something. Why? Because God is not interested in us having a big public ministry without a private ministry to him. So in order for us to minister publicly, we must first be able to minister privately with the Lord and have that time and deep fellowship with God. Because your public ministry, it only, it only can be centered by your private ministry. So you must go deeper with God. You must go into the deep things of God by praying when nobody can see you praying. By worship when nobody can see you worship. You don't have to always do things so that people can see you do things. Do things because heaven can see. Heaven witnesses. 5 a.m. you woke up in the middle of the night and you were praying. You woke up and you fasted and you never tell anybody that you fasted. You spent time 
time and hours reading the Bible, but nobody knew you read the Bible. You are developing a deeper relationship with God. The time will come where God will say, my son, my daughter, I saw how you were praying when they overlooked you. I saw how you were seeking me when they never noticed you. I'm now bringing you out from the back and I'm pulling you into the front. And then when you open up your mouth and say something, people will wonder what kind of anointing, what kind of power, what kind of authority this person has because we've never seen them minister. We've never seen them share. We've never seen them come and give the word. But the kind of authority they had is because they had a private ministry. With God was shaping them. God was changing them. God was refining them. God was transforming them. Ah, this business of just wanting to be public ministry without a private ministry. You won't make it in ministry. You'll fall. When circumstances come, you'll fall because your private life, there's no strength over there. And you draw strength from your private ministry. You don't draw strength from your public ministry. Yes. So you must develop a deeper and meaningful relationship with God. Oh, we have to try each and every single day. Look at your neighbor and say, 2023, I'm going deeper with God. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the evidence will be on your life. We'll see it notably. We'll see the signs. The Bible says you will be able to tell the difference between those that serve God and those that serve Him not. I'm reading, I was reading Romans chapter 8 yesterday. The Bible says if your mind is set on carnal things, it brings death. But if your mind is set on spiritual things, it brings life, newness of life, amen. 2023, we're getting newness of life, amen. Because our mind is going to be set on spiritual things, amen. Our mind's not going to be set on carnal things, the things of the world, who's dating, who, who's signed up with that one, who got that job, who don't have that job, who is broke here, who is not broke. Our mind is set on spiritual things, Oh, you tell them, ah, this, this thing, I don't know if you got the job, but this knowledge you're telling me, it's too high for me. My mind is set on spiritual things. Oh, I tell you something. I was reading, I was like, oh, this is awesome, man. This is awesome to become spiritual. And I tell you that some of us will catch it, and some of us won't. But 2023, you are going deeper. When the devil rises up in your house, you're going to be like, Devil, this year you will not play games with me. Live and you would pray and you would seek God because you have decided I'm going deeper. Your friends will not move you. Your family will not move you. Money will not move you. Relationships will not move you. Nothing will move you. 2023, I prophesy. Hey, I feel like it's watch night service. 2023, I prophesy that nothing will move you. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, the death of a loved one will not move you. Your heartbreak will not move you. Nothing will move you in 2023. I, I tell yourself, I refuse to be moved in 2023. Yes, I have refused to be moved. Disappointments will not move me. Rejection will not remove me. Ah, it will not remove me. Oh, the enemy wants you. The Bible says that Jesus said to Satan, desired, said to Peter, Satan desires to soft you, to take you out. But I prayed for you. Oh, 
we got an intercessor that is praying for us that our faith in God will not fail. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing that there's somebody, uh, you might not see them or you might not notice them, but there's somebody that is praying and saying, Leroy, leketekapa. And they praying for Leroy. They praying for you. Do you know that somebody is praying for you? Somebody might be in Africa and praying for you. Somebody might be in Europe that's praying for you. God has always somebody that is praying. The reason why the car never takes you out was because somebody is praying for you. Mm. I tell you something. We must see this thing. This year, I'm not being moved. Nothing. Nothing. I see you climbing higher in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you well and blessed? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15 verses 58. There's the scripture I was talking about. I think I'll finish with this. My time is almost up. Is the driver coming? Did you contact him? Okay, thank you so much. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1, I must give you that one there. Amen. <laughs> Are you ready? If not, say amen. Oh, yes. I tell you, oh, I tell you, this year has been one of the years that has personally has shifted me. I was just thinking about it the other day. It shifted me so much, but it shifted me to become more focused now. Yes, I was, I was distracted for a while. Do you know the scripture? Distracted, when I say distracted for a while, not in terms of like backsliding or falling, but distracted in terms of not steadfast in the proper assignment, but still there, but still not steadfast. Have you ever been there, but still not doing what you are supposed to do? I don't know if there's some people like that there, man. You, you're serving God, but you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, man. Because something happened, or this happened, this. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I always feel like we haven't done what we were supposed to do this year. Yes. But 2023, ha! We're going to do what we had intended to do, amen. What we set our hearts to do, we shall do it in the name of Jesus, amen. It's not, tell somebody it's not over yet. Hey, I feel like it's watch night service now. Hey, hey, Lila can't wait for watch night service. Wow. Ready to pray into the new year? Amen, hallelujah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't worry about the countdown and 10, 9. All I'm worried about while it's everybody's 10, 9. We, we pray into it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody can be at the background say 10. We pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you there in the verse? Amen. Your life is going to make a difference in somebody. You're going to have an influence in somebody's life. Amen. And we must change our ringtones. Huh? It's like everybody got that ringtone. It's like a famous ringtone. You look at your phone like, hey, my phone's ringing. Amen. Are you there? First Corinthians 15 verses 58. You must choose a song, Brother Charles. I'll choose a song. We must all have different songs on our phones. Amen. Deep, not deep, sorry. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. There's the word. Be what? Steadfast. Then the next verse is unmovable. 
always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, be you what? Steadfast. That's the first, the second one, the first one in that verse. Then the second one is be what? Unmovable. Do not be moved. Yes, don't be moved. There are things that will come into your life that will move you. There will be situations that will arise up in your family that will move you. There will be circumstances that will happen around you that has the capacity or the, sorry, that has the strength to move you. But be not moved. I don't know if you've ever played in school. Yeah, I think it was in primary school. I think also in high school we played it. The rope, what you call tiger? Tiger war and stuff. The, sometimes the strength is not in your hands. The strength is in your foot. In your feet. Yes, thanks so much. In your foot. <laughs> the strength is in your feet. So as you are pulling, it's, it's possible that your feet must be so grounded that sometimes because the other people are pulling as well, because you are still grounded, you can still, you still but the moment your feet start to move and you, you try, what happens is that because your feet doesn't have a strong foundation, it's not set, it's not, it's not, it's not unmovable in the ground, what can happen? You are easily able to be moved. I don't know if you understand in my English. You understand what I'm saying? Because as they pull the rope, as they pull, that rope has the ability to cause you to move as well. As they pull, you can move. As they pull, you can move. And you lose your balance in the process. But God is saying over here in this verse is that my analogy was weak, I know. But you understand what I'm saying, right? So as, as you are, as God is saying, as you are being moved by life and the rope is pulling you in different directions and in different areas of life, as long as your foot is steady and you are firm and you, you will mind, you're still in the game and you can still win. You still can press through regardless of what's happening and say, baby, I'm ready for another round. Baby, I'm ready to do this here. I'm not moved. My feet are steady. I'm grounded. I'm unmovable. The problem is that we Christians and baby Christians allow any circumstance to move them. Somebody talks about them in the church. They get offended. They cry and they leave church. Oh, shame on you. You are too weak. You are movable. It means that somebody can move you. It means that somebody's gossip can move you. Oh, people will gossip. People are people are people with people. Oh, yeah, that they, people are people are people with issues. <laughs> people are people with people with issues. People got issues. People got things that they are working on when they come into the house of God. Not everybody that's sitting here is perfect. They sometimes come in gossipers, but they are work in progress. They sometimes come in, you know, smoking, but they are work in progress. They sometimes come in with, but it's for us not to be moved by any person that is still dealing with the things of the flesh. We must be matured Christians, and when we see them acting in ways that are ungodly, we must look at them and say, are they babies still? They're babies. They're going to get mature. They'll come into maturity. Let's help them. Let's help them. Let's help them. When a Christian doesn't act nice, no, let's help him. He's still a baby. He's still a baby. He'll come into a place of maturity. Yes. When they talk about you, ah, they're still babies. They, they'll come into a place of maturity. 
What's happening? You say, I'm not going to be moved by what they are saying. I'm not going to be moved by what they are doing to me. It's amazing, and I think I said it a long time. One of the most reasons why people leave churches is because of church hurts. Majority of the time, anyone that leaves a church is because they were hurt by the church. Yes. Somebody in the church did something to them. And then they migrated from one church thinking that it will be okay in that church. And then they moved to the next church. And then somebody in that church hurt them again. And then they migrated from the... You see, if you ever find a Christian that is unstable, cannot settle himself in one place, or just moves too, 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 like I said, too, 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 and from, you must be careful of that person. That person is not somebody that is a matured and, and a stable Christian. Yes, unstable in all their ways. The Bible says a double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. So unstable in all their ways. So you must be firm. So for me, I, I got a testimony at least that I don't, not every pastor knows me in Wentworth. I have not served under every pastor in Wentworth. I, my, my, my first hand, I can, I can point out the pastors that I served under. And I served under them for years. So it wasn't like something that, hey, you know what? I, oh, okay, I unhappy day, poop, unhappy day, poop, unhappy day, poop. I was serving while unhappy. And one of, one of the reasons, the, 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 one of the main reasons why, uh, let me see. Yes, when I was a babe in the Lord, I was a part of a church. I got saved in that church. It was called something, 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 all right? Just know that something, something. I got saved in that church. And the reason why I left that church, because I never found young people that could, I, I could identify with. You know, sometimes you like to be in a place where you can identify, but because I was a baby at then and I didn't understand certain things as yet, I just received Christ and I started to speak in tongues, so I didn't understand. So I only saw old people in the church. And I, it was a problem for me. Because <laughs> there was only old people, there was nobody that I could really relate to. So I left the church and I went to another church. I went to another church, started with Z, 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 Z. So when I was in this church here, I started to see young people, right? But in the process of life, I backslid. So when I backslid that time, I backslid, I never go to church, nothing. A friend of mine came to invite me to another church, starting with B, 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 right? So I get to that church over there, and that church now is where I'm finding spiritual roots, and I'm finding my grounding in the Lord. Man, I tell you, my pastor was, he wasn't an easy pastor. He trained me hard. In the moment, I was offended. People thought there was a lot of things that were happening to me, a lot of things going on, but I stood my ground. I, I was strong. I could have left long time. Long time. I think the first few months I could have left <laughs> of joining the church. But because now I was, a, I was becoming a strong Christian, nothing could have moved me now. I wanted a weak Christian where people could talk about me, and I'll go in a corner and I'll cry. Suddenly you talk about me, I'll say, God bless you so much. Yes. So I was becoming that Christian. So I was being unmoved with what was happening around me. I was focused on God and stuff. And the only reason why I actually left that church that I was that I was strong in was because my pastor was sleeping with the praise and worship uh, leader. Aha. Yes, 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 yes. He was sleeping with the praise and worship leader. So I had to separate myself from that. That was, the old, that was like the only reason why I left the church. And, uh, and then he, he, he I think yeah, 
He married her and he has children from her as well. Yeah. But that was all. And his wife came to me crying. And so broke my heart. But that time I'd already been in Joburg. I was in Joburg planning on leaving the church. Sorry, no. Actually, no, I never leave because of that. I was in Joburg setting up. I was setting up another branch church in Johannesburg. And when I came back down, I found out the story. And I was like, I'm not setting up a branch church in Johannesburg. Like, you know, and I came back to Winton. Somebody sent me a message. He said, yes, the whole church split. Somebody sent me a message and said, please, my brother, come back. The people in Winton need you. And that's when I came back to Winton. Else I would be in Joburg. So he sent me a, a nice message. And then I said to somebody, I'm coming back to Wentworth. And somebody said, yes, please do come. You understand? So what am I trying to say to you is that I could have in that moment or in that the circumstance be moved, especially because the church that we were in, our papa was everything, you know. Yes, yeah, like he's, your, he's your, your papa, you know. You don't see nothing wrong with your papa. You never see nothing wrong with him. I saw no wrong with him. Not one wrong I saw with him. So in his falling, or in his, obviously it is his falling, in his falling, I could have moved away. I could have fallen as well. But I was unmovable. I don't know about you, are you unmovable? Look at your neighbor and ask, are you unmovable? Yes, what, what will move you away from God? What will shift you from worship of God to loving God to something else? What circumstance do you allow to shift you and move you? You need to ask yourself that question. But if you develop a deep relationship with God, like the first thing I said, you will become somebody that is unmovable. That's why Paul says to the, the church, he says, follow me as long as I follow Christ. Yes, follow me as long as I follow Christ. Because how many times you know that sometimes... We are not all following right. Yes, yes. There's certain things I don't follow. There's certain things I follow. There's certain things you must follow and there's certain things you mustn't follow. Yes. As long as it's the word of scripture, you can follow. The moment you get outside of scripture, don't follow that. Very important for you to understand that. Why? Because it'll be the blind leading the blind. You understand that? Don't be led by blind people, Amen. Be led by people that can see, can foresee stuff. I was going through the 2023 calendar and I was writing, crusade, 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 crusade. And I went throughout the 12 months and I saw a crusade in every month. Wow. Wow. I mean, we're going to talk about that. God's going to do something. We're going to become unmovable. Amen unmovable, but still a people of prayer that de develops a deep relationship with God so that we can stand tall publicly. Yeah, and I believe that that's, that's, that's us, amen. Our roots are deep so that we can stand tall publicly. When we, when we prayed, when we were praying for 60 days, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people's thoughts are around 60 days. Because I remember on social media, somebody put something. I don't care what he said about 60 days. But I know something broke out spiritually in your life. Something, something happened to you spiritually in 60 days. To come to church for 60 days nonstop.
can you can't tell me nothing breaks out in your life. You, you can you see that's what I'm saying. It's never ever about feeling. Never ever about feeling. I remember one time. I'll just share this with you and we'll close. I remember one time I was praying. And I, I think I was in Joburg this time. Yeah, I was praying. I just had a room, and I was praying for seven days—not seven days, sorry—for seven hours. Uh, just locked myself up and I prayed. And I never pray after that time for seven hours, for a long, 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 long time, for a long time. But I would start to see the miracles. I still start to see God moving and God working and stuff. And I'd ask the Lord, Leroy, how come you're still moving? Because I'm not like maintaining my, my prayer life and stuff. I'm not maintaining that thing. And the Lord said to me that the seven hours that you prayed is like a prayer bank that is carrying you through certain seasons in your life. The hours that you prayed. So those hours were not in vain. So sometimes even though you would find out when you were praying a lot and then there was a season where you stopped praying, you could still go into a house and discernment will still be very fresh in your life. Yeah. You could still see things, even though you stop praying or whatever. The case. You can still see things. You can still hear the voice of God. You can still encourage. You can still motivate. Is that spiritually that your prayer was like, the Bible says the Lord captures our prayer like incense. Our prayers go before the Lord like incense and stuff. I don't know if there's a verse in the Bible. It's like there's a cup that our, the Lord captures our prayers. I think it's somewhere in Revelations. I must find it. And so, so your prayer is like the prayer that you pray. You don't feel anything, but it will work for you in the right time, I tell you. In the right time. I remember when I was praying, and my friends were talking to this one lady from Woodville Road, and they were trying to minister to her and encourage her in the Lord. She was not budging. She was like, she was like strong. She was not going to be saved. She didn't want to be saved for nothing. And I haven't been praying. I haven't been seeking the Lord and stuff. So I was very quiet in that moment, and... I went, to the, I went in the corner while they were kind of like arguing about their faith. And I said, Lord, there must be a word for this lady. There must be something that can break this lady so that she can respond to you. And so, and that's why you never ever just use the word all the time. Because sometimes you need, you, not sometimes, you need the spirit always. Because that's why the spirit says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you need the Holy Ghost to breathe upon the revelation and the knowledge of the word that you have because just the knowledge of the word is not good enough so they were giving her the knowledge she was giving her the knowledge they were giving her the knowledge of the word i said lord talk to me please something must because i realized that the word is not just breaking but there must be much more to it the, the spirit must breathe on something here and the lord said to me oh the lord showed me uh, children that are not with her and from a very young, she was for four children want with her, and they don't want her children to be with her because of A, B, and C and stuff. So I come to her and I say, the Lord showed me something. It says that you are desperately seeking and waiting for the reunion of your children because your children are not with you. There was something that transpired years ago in another province, not in Durban, and caused you and cause you to lose your children and you deeply desire a relationship with your children and God says I'm going to tell you that he sees it she started to break down and cry she just cried she just cried she just cried tremendously and then the Lord says breathe the word on her now the 
or spoke to her about God, told her that Jesus loves you. Scripture, now she was open now for the word. Because the spirit came, remember? He said in Genesis, darkness was on the face of the deep, and the spirit came. So the spirit had to come and soften her heart so that she could respond. Sometimes we preach, we preach, and we minister, we minister without the spirit. And we wonder why sometimes there's no change. Because we are not doing it without the spirit. We are doing it without the spirit. And the only thing that can transform a life is the spirit must come. He must breathe upon the place. He must move. He has to. Yes, we, you're not just, you can never just be a word-based church. No, don't make that mistake. No. Yes, we're word-based, but never just be a word-based church. We are a spirit-filled church. Yes, spirit-filled church. Letter kills. Spirit gives life. And I saw life come to this lady. And guess what? She surrendered her life and she came to Jesus Christ in that moment. No, no amount of talking no amount of word, no amount of conversation was able to convert her. But when the spirit came and the spirit touched her heart, that's what happened to her. And sometimes most of us, even when I got saved, I can tell you now, I don't remember what the preacher was preaching. I don't. I don't remember what he was preaching, but there was a, a drawing. There was a pulling. The spirit led me to say, come to Christ wasn't really the word. I don't remember the word. Honestly, when Pastor Bradley was preaching, I, don't rem I even tell him, I don't remember what you preached. But I knew that I, something happened that got me to my feet to come to Christ. And ever since then, my life has never been the same. It's the spirit. The Bible says no one can come to the Father unless the spirit draws him. The spirit draws him. So that's why you must have preachers that preach the word with spirit and with power. Because if you just preach the word, it's, it, the word can transform, the word can change. But when the spirit comes, imagine how powerful that will be. Moses says, I will not go unless your spirit goes before me. Don't, don't make me go. I don't want to go. David knew it. He says that, take not your spirit away from me. So develop your spiritual life. Develop that spiritual part of yourself. Deeper in prayer, deeper in the word. Spiritually, you are growing. Spiritually, you are strong. You can see. You are sensitive. You can speak life. You can pray. You can cast out demons. Yes. You're not scared. Yes. I went to, the, to Lisa's house, uh, Sister Sandra's home cell. Oh, Sister Sandra went to your home cell. We were anointing the house. I said, take some oil and anoint the house. Yes, let's anoint the house. Amen. It's a good thing. Learn how to anoint houses. <laughs> if somebody says, hey, there's, there's things moving under the sofa, go under the sofa. You, that thing, you under the, I plead the blood. I always say to somebody, I wish I could buy a wanted house. Sell me that wanted house for like everyone's scared to live in there give it to me i'll take it i'll even give you just a little bit more money for it but i'll take it get my oil get the anointing get the holy ghost oh you spirits you were tormenting people that were not saved in this house you were tormenting people that were not spiritually strong but a higher power has come into this place 
and I exercise my power in the name of Jesus and the authority that I have, wherever you are in this house, leave and vacate your time myself. I'll sleep like a baby. Yes. When I first moved into Clujo Road, I don't know if I told you I wasn't sleeping. Ah, oh, there were things like talking in the house. I could hear movements. I'm like, what's happening in this house? Hey, I tried to sleep. I could hear, I take my Bible. I thought it's somebody breaking in. Maybe somebody previously, they had keys and stuff. So they were trying to break in. So I said, ah, that's just I can hear. I'm going downstairs. Put on all the lights, nothing. And I'm still hearing. Can't sleep. It's late. Take my Bible. I'll show them. I'm going to hit them with the Bible. Because I never have nothing, you know, to hit them with. I said, I'm going to hit them with this Bible. Nothing. As I went back to bed and I lay down, the Lord said to me, this is a demonic spirit that has had residence in this house when you came. So you need to tell it to vacate this house so that you can live peacefully. I stood on the bed. And I prayed in tongues. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost. In a few minutes, I went to sleep. Next night, sleep. Next night, sleep. Next, still sleeping up until now. Amen. You understand that? Yes. But you got to be spiritually strong. Oh, you don't know what tongues can do for you. I wish you would understand. I wish one day I will just preach to you. I think because uh, the next year is the year to be spiritual, I'll preach on tongues a lot. You don't know what tongues can do for your life. You don't know what tongues can do for you spiritually. I wish you would catch the revelation and you would see it in the spirit. Honestly, me standing here, if it wasn't for that precious gift of speaking in tongues, I doubt I'd be standing here. All the things that I see, the, the things that God shows me, is because I tapped into the realm of the spirits. Oh, you must understand. That's why Paul talks and he emphasizes, says, I pray in tongues more than all of you. There's something about it. I, I, and me, I know I pray in tongues more than all of you. Not even like in a bragging, like in a sense of bragging, but because I understand it. I can be somewhere, even if I'm in a cause. Huh? I don't know why. It's just something in me. I could have my quiet time with the Lord, praying in tongues. Father, I thank you for today. And while I'm praying in tongues, he's communicating to me. While I'm praying in tongues, he's talking to me. It's not like he's not talking to me and I'm not talking to him. We're still talking. But I'm going deeper. I'm going deeper. He's showing me things in the spirit, things that I need to do, things that I must avoid, things that I mustn't uh, allow myself to be involved in. He's showing me in the spirit. He's showing me. He's showing me. He's praying in tongues. I remember one night I was choked. Like a spirit came into my room. Have you ever been choked? But demon, you know, the spirit came into my room. <laughs> On the bed. <gasps> Calling, Pastor. <gasps> Thing standing by my side of my bed, choking me. Standing, choking, throttling me. Couldn't call my pastor, nothing happened. So, Jesus. Jesus, that spirit, but there was a lingering darkness in my room. 
a lingering darkness that I couldn't leave afterwards. And this attack came when I'd come from an all-night prayer meeting. It was something, you know, when you talk about a spiritual attack, but you awake and not asleep, there was like a spiritual attack. An entity came and I saw the entity into my room. And when I called and my pastor couldn't come, and he says, I, I never hear you call me. Because I knew in that moment I was, I, I was awake, fully awake. It wasn't like it was a dream. The entity visited me. I was like, pastor, past nothing. Nobody could come through and help me. Jesus, and when I said Jesus, the spirit just left. But the thick darkness stayed in my room. Stayed, I was staying in the other bank with my pastor. I come from the all-night prayer meeting. We were praying throughout the night. And if you know people that are praying from Ghana, <laughs> when we say we're praying throughout the night, we're praying throughout the night. We're not having coffee and biscuits and having breaks. And we're praying throughout the night. So we pray throughout the night. But then that thing happened. The Lord said, go deeper. I prayed. I think it was only four hours after praying that, that way, speaking in tongues, the Spirit left the room. Guys, you must be sensitive. There are things in the spirit that are affecting you in the natural, but you don't know that it was already determined in the spirit, but it's affecting you in the natural. Somebody that prays, ah, I sense an anointing to pray that is coming upon us. Yeah, I sense an anointing to pray. I mean, it, it, it sharpens you, it develops you, it strengthens you. Just walk in the house, put the TV off, put Netflix off, put the soccer or put everything off put some background worship music and just sit oh man I tell you you do something for your life you do something for your growth you do something for your walk with God you do something for things that are happening around you even if it's 5 minutes even if it's 10 minutes you'll start to see that there's a change in you your body your face is lighting up things are light in your life sometimes things are life in your light Ooh, English I tell you things are things are light around you because why you praying in tongues is that the taxi hallelujah just peep there amen he knew I'm finishing now pray in tongues pray in the Holy Ghost and you will be shocked you will be energized and you will be strengthened. Come to church sometimes. Pastor, I just came to pray. It helps you. Before you go and sleep, put the phone off, put the WhatsApp off, put everything off. Hey, and speak in tongues and pray. It will do something for you. This year, if you're going to make it through 2023, you have to be spiritual, I'm telling you. You have to be somebody that's spiritual, and then you have to con-react in an unspiritual way. Yes. This year, we saw a lot of unspiritual dealings. Lots of unspiritual dealings. And a lot of people have been affected because of a lot of unspiritual people. Yes. But become spiritual. And when we talk about be spiritual, I'm even talking about Galatians. 
about the fruits of the spirit, meekness, love, kindness, become kind. All these things are parts of being spiritual. I'm not saying just focus on prayer and stay on the prayer mountain and not come down to reality and be nice and be kind and be humble and be meek and be tolerant and be disciplined. And all you, those are things of spiritual things so you can become those things. Yes. I was listening to Bishop Dagby, when was it today or yesterday? He's, he was saying that education and ministry is extremely important. He says we must encourage and we must stress and we must tell our children that they must be educated. Because there's certain doors that won't open for you because of lack of education. So when they finish school, they think they just want to go into ministry. No, go and study something. When you finish study something, the call of God will still be there. You can come and preach. You can come and minister. So you must push them to do things, to study. Because you can't say one thing is not relevant and that thing is only relevant. So you can't say, I must be on the prayer mountain, but I mustn't be nice. Can't say I'm going to be in the prayer mountain, but I can't give. Oh, there's time for the offering. While he's offering, you... The basket's coming around. The basket left you. And you never have an opportunity to give. Let's stand on our feet, amen. You know I can teach for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours.